Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. Side stories. That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. Another another fine Wednesday, isn't it, It's a beautiful Wednesday. It's actually miserable. It, it is twenty five degrees cold here. Uh, mm. My dog just I just gave Puffin a haircut. Uh, I saw. It looks adorable. You gave him a haircut? No, I didn't give him a haircut. I paid a very nice man to give him a haircut. It Good. took t- four hours. The haircut yeah. took four hours, and they kept on calling, being like, just a little longer. And I'm like, is he alive? Or is no, he? No, no. Just let me know if he's dead They're right taking now. their time, and they are enjoying Puffin. And I don't mean enjoying Puffin Uh-oh. like Kevin Spacey with his audition tutorials. I'm talking they are <laughs> liking his presence, and they are laughing with him, and he's Good. making jokes, and they're cutting the shit. It's like what happens with Wendy. Wendy goes and sits at the groomer for like seven hours, but I know she's being fed pets. She's being fed treats and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I know they what they're. It. I know they're. They're acting a little Robert Crafty. That's all I'm saying. Just Whoa, get my dog out of there. Real get topical. my dog out of there. We don't real need all topical. The, what kind of place is this? That's what I wanted to know. But anyway, he's cold now. Now he's cold because I gave him a puppy cut, and he should have his full. He should have his bear fur back on. Man, he needed a trim because the hairs were touching the cement. Once the yeah. hairs are touching the cement, that's when it's bad. Because then you're getting all the shit particles in there, and it gets all crusty. That's the problem. Every time he would poop, it was a whole. It, we we had to do a comb out, a full like comb out at the you know. Oh, you had to do a Zabrowski parting of the seas. <laughs> I tell you what, I had to do this yesterday, right? So I was a, I was kind of like I wasn't half in the bag, okay. but I was looking at the bag. Okay, you know what I mean, sure. So it's like I had a beer or two, and I sit and I went, and I was like, man, I am sick of pulling all these dingleberries out, so I got to do the old Dustin back there, right? I clear some of this territory right <laughs> now do you and take so a lighter I, and do you, do you burn it do you do kind of a, a no a, like a pat buchanan yeah do you remember pat buchanan when he was on the road and they made a big deal on cnn about how you they burned his hair with new uh, this new haircut style or whatever i have no idea <laughs> i don't know why i remember that <laughs> from 1998 All right. but i i i put a mirror down between my heels Ugh. right and it's an awful sight oh yeah it's a fucking the worst sight. I am the worst chicken in the world. Oh, my right? goodness. You yeah. see that. And so what happened is, is that I work away around my front. So it's like, well, maybe I'll give the front a little bit of a, tr- a trim. Oh, my. You know, like, just to kind of like, you know, Natalie, it doesn't take a lot for her to impress. She married me. Right, so right. So it doesn't take a lot. So, but as I'm cutting it, what did I do? Uh-oh. Did you I bob it yourself? It the, I got the tiniest little nick. On my balls. Oh my where goodness! Where I got so close and I pinched it and I cut it the the littlest bit and it's like a paper man. So you cut it like you know when you cut out a paper man over multiple folded sheets. Sure. It's like that boy with your ball skin. It turns to like two other little cuts, and it is awful <laughs> to feel that feeling. And my penis doesn't want to be confident because it's so scared. Well, I of the be- pain. Yeah, oh, buddy. Stretch. You had the nightmare from Big Lebowski when he's running oh. down the street and the nihilists just have the huge scissors chasing after him because he's tripping his brains off out of the drugs that, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Jackie Treehorn gave him. But I'm so right. concerned about not cutting my rim yeah, that, that you I cut, cut my front. Yeah, buddy. All right. This is Side Stories, not a barber's podcast. We don't know anything about cutting hair, whether it be dog or... Or balls, now that I have to say that. Thank you so much, Henry. Uh, you don't do that? No, I don't do I never would ever, ever put you a never mirror trim. underneath. No, no. no. <laughs> I am also not you. 
nature. I am God did not curse me. You, you know, don't have as to if cut I was, it a little bit. Nah, man, we don't have to get into all that right now. But I'm no, just saying, not as this much is as the vulnerability do. moment. People like hearing us be vulnerable. I don't they, know. They're sick, of, they're sick of the fucking charade and how confident no. and powerful we are on this <laughs> podcast. What this is is to expose some of the soft, tawny underbelly of the men that they've come to admire. No, when people say they would like to know a softer side of you or the underbelly of your brains, they don't mean literally your soft underbelly. They don't that literally want to see that. That's I am Ben. That's Henry. You know who yeah. we are. Um, all right. This inside stories. We got some fun stories to get to. A couple one. A couple of the stories are a little older, but they're new to us. And, they're new to uh, us. We, we, we like them. it when you guys send the stories, no matter how, what age they're at. And I tell you what, because I technically I owe you three hundred dollars worth of steak. We're about to get. We're about to get that because of the stream. Watch yep. the stream if you don't watch the stream Tuesday nights. It's fun at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AdultSwim.com/streams. But um, I now owe Kissel three hundred dollars of steak. Yep. We're gonna go get. We're gonna get some Luga. Uh oh. Which is gonna be pretty sweet in New York City, Brooklyn. Ooh, age steak. Ooh, it's better than new steak. Absolutely, cannot wait to get that Luger steak over here in beautiful, beautiful, freezing cold. Brooklyn. Let's see. So the biggest story of the week, I think we do have to talk just a little bit about it. It combines my love of football and crime stories. Robert and jerking Kraft. off? No, not, not <laughs> yeah. that. All right. Robert Kraft. Now, this dude, he's the owner of the New England Patriots, very mm. politically connected. And, of course, the New England Patriots, I'm, I'm sure we got some fans out there. But they should have lost the AFC game, the AFC championship game, to the Chiefs. It was a horrible call by the referee. They called a roughing the passer when Tom Brady was barely touched. It was a Tom Brady call all the way. It was a Tom Brady penalty, and it was aggravating. They is shouldn't this, have been there. Is this what it's like being your bartender at Applebee's? <sighs> yes, kind of. That uh, Honestly, it kind of is. <laughs> because but, I don't understand. Robert Kraft, is he, um, does he have anything to do with the cheese? I don't think he does. Honestly. I actually don't know that answer. Maybe okay. we could. Travis, could you see if Robert Kraft has anything to do with Kraft cheese? Anyway, January 20th, this was before the day of the Kansas City Chiefs game. Robert Kraft goes to this place. It's called Orchids of Asia. It's a Oh, spa. you're getting jerked off in there. I guess You can so. tell you know how you know if you can get jerked off in a massage booth is if it has a doorbell. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I did not know that. So the thing is, now he's getting charged with a misdemeanor here for going and soliciting sex work. But the big news that we will obviously talk about just briefly here is that no one knows where these women, the the clientele, the Jans, don't know where these women are coming from. Evidently, evidently they were over there in China. In China, and they were just like, they were led to believe they got some big-time opportunities in America. Come and get a job here. And this Mm. is where they ended up working. They don't speak the language very well. And they were basically indentured servants. So I'm just going to say this. You walk into a massage parlor, a place where you might have a sexual experience with someone, just ask where everyone is from. And if everyone doesn't say, like, Orlando... So um, do crowd work. You have to like do crowd walk work. In, do crowd yes. work to a to a, a brothel. Yes. And see what everybody else. Because I think a lot of people have secrets in a brothel. It besides the the people that are human traffic there, which is awful. Horrible. Everybody else, I'm certain, is just being like, yeah, um, no, for real. My name is Jasmine. I am from Las Vegas. Yes, and I am training to be a doctor. You know what? That works. That works. We got Jasmine. From Las Vegas, trained to be a doctor. I know for a fact she's there because she needs to make some cash, and she is in charge, unlike Robert Kraft, who just walked in and was just like, they magically appear. It reminds me of what happened with Jeffrey Epstein. Ah, yes, all of these fucking pieces of shit. I feel that uh, Robert Kraft, again, I mean, him getting busted for it is essentially just a way to fucking get him, right? Everybody's trying to do whatever it is to get him, but really, obviously, the unsold... The tor- terrible story of this is the women that are forced into this behavior where it's like when it comes down to it, it's like you kind of wish that like sex workers had a safe place to be and the wish that sex work could actually just be a legitimate job. Totally. Because then Robert Kraft can show up and be like, hello, it's me. I own the Patriots. I love cheese. I put my entire <laughs> wealth upon cheese. Right, and r- now r- I'm in there to get sacked. Robert Kraft has nothing to do with the cheese. Okay. But he, he, but he is, can still he, lie. He is worth $6.6 $6 billion. So he does make that cheddar. 
He does yeah, make so, thank you, Travis. I've thank heard you, slang. Travis. I've uh, heard slang before. So this but you is know what I mean? What that's what it comes down to. It's like if you had made it so that this is not some stupid scandal, it is nice to see him get arrested. Great. Who fucked this guy? Fuck well, this piece of, of shit. Course, because I hope they beat him with a bunch of fucking soap in, in socks or whatever in the fucking jails to house. I don't give a shit. Well, you know, he's one of these guys who took the strong stance against the players kneeling. He was trying to be holier than thou, all this stuff. And it's like, of course, uh, that's why I say glass houses. Stop throwing stones at people because Is you he never very know. fat. Uh, he's old. He's rich fat. He's not the fattest dude on earth. But anyway, so yeah. Kraft entered this place on January 20th to visit Orchids of, a- Orchids of Asia. I'm uh, looking at this guy. I can't imagine what it would be like well, looking up at him if you're pulling on his weird little turtle head. He's just like, ugh. I know Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm sure he does say that quite a bit. So 20th, he visited. So this was January 20th, the day before he also visited. And the day before, evidently, he took part in a 25 minute three way that included a rub down by two women during the January. Lucky, lucky ladies. I would. That is what wow. we call sarcasm. It's opposite day. <laughs> That's an opposite sentence. During the January 19th incident, the woman entered the room at 4.49 p.m. By the way, these cops. This is like a hell of a stakeout they have. Yes. They yes. got this. So 4.49 p.m., the chick enters the room, began massaging Kraft, who was face down until he turned over at 5.12 when the lights went out. The lights came back on at 5.14, and one woman can be seen standing to his right, uh, standing to his right side, uh, and her front hand is seen fondling him for... Two minutes. Wow. Two minutes. So they really, we know way too much information about what happened there. But again, Robert Kraft, it's just a misdemeanor. Um, But the people who own it, you know, they definitely are going to look, they're looking at some serious charges of sex trafficking, human trafficking. And again, uh, just make sure everything is on the up and up. Where are these people from? Talk to them. Um, And if it seems like they can't leave because they also live there. Uh, maybe uh, you know. Think about uh, think about what you're participating in, and I be the change hope, you want to see fuck, in the world. All these people could just go fuck themselves. Robert Kraft can just straight go fuck himself. I feel bad for these women. They shouldn't have to touch his penis. Well, I think what happened here is Robert Kraft because he is so well known, billionaire too. Uh, obviously, a billionaire. Yeah, I feel well-known. like you would vet this shit. Wouldn't you? Well, Wouldn't I you think make what sure he was gonna doing. You're going to go to a place that's pretty firmly on lockdown. What I think he was doing was being like, I can't just go to pure platinum, solid gold in beautiful Miami, Florida. I can't just go where everyone else goes because they're going to be like, that's Robert Kraft. So in his mind, he's like, I better go to the place no one will suspect and that no makes one will no ever sense. see. I don't. I don't know. That's what I I'm think speculating. it's the opposite. You walk in the room, you buy everybody a lap dance. You buy the entire room, and everyone's like, Robert. Kraft, Robert Kraft, and he gets up there and he's pouring champagne all over his Wario-shaped body, and everyone's been like, "Look at that fucking tubby billionaire got a hard on." I love to see it, and everybody's in there just rooting him on. I mean, that's how you do it in my mind. I know that that would make more sense, but I think he also, uh, you know, he had a little bit of a shame thing going on. Whatever, even though good, you know. Anyway, good. That's what I, I think hope happened. he chokes to death. He thought hope he, he was- fucking dies in his fucking sleep. That fucking. Piece of shit. Well, actually, that's dumb face. That's the best way to go is dying. I know. I know. I wish that he. I wish that technically he died by being forced through a spaghetti strainer. Well, I don't think we need to be wishing death upon. I just said glass houses, and then you threw the biggest rock that there is, which is the wish of death. Come and get me. I'm Teflon. Oh my goodness! Well, speaking of Robert Kraft, this humpback whale washed ashore in an Amazon River, baffling scientists in Brazil. This story is totally crazy. We'll we'll uh, we'll update you a little bit on the Kraft story, but anyway, that's just a little bit of an interesting NFL tale because he was so. he was so uh, upset with all those players protesting police brutality. That's how it always is. All if right. they don't like gay people, they are gay. That's how it always is. Lindsey right, Graham, so, no way. All right. So a, <laughs> a humpback whale washes a sword in Amazon River, baffling scientists in Brazil. This is a very surreal picture, and this got sent to us many times. Oh, yeah. And I love seeing this kind of stuff because it just looks like a fucking cartoon. It is a, a young humpback whale was found dead on Friday on an island near the mouth of the Amazon River in Brazil. Scientists are investigating how it died and why is it so far from where they migrate this time of year. So Marine weird. biologists in Brazil were stunned to discover a young humpback whale on Friday that had washed ashore in a remote forested island 
Amazon and the Amazon River at a time of the year when it should have already migrated thousands of miles to Antarctica. Wow. Now, they don't know. It's it's twenty. It's about 50 feet from the shore. It's a lifeless humpback. It's 26 feet long. This yeah, thing's dude. fucking huge. This thing is a baby. It is 10 tons. If you watch the video, Independent has a good little video on their uh, independent.co.uk website. It, I, how big? I'm like totally ignorant. How big do they get? They get big. They're the biggest. They are the biggest, I believe. I'm not Ripley's here, uh-huh. but I believe that they are the, I don't know if Ripley's is the proper person, Guinness. Um, I believe they're the biggest land animal. I mean, or or animal that exists. Is, yes? Could, sea animal? <laughs> well, it's definitely I a believe, sea animal. Travis? But, they, they, uh, they weigh about 66,000 pounds, and they can get to uh, about 52 feet in length. Woo! So scientists are like, how the hell did this get into the middle of the rainforest? Uh, They speculate that it was like a storm. So they're like, they don't understand how it could come so far inland or why it was swimming off the coast in the first place. But they think a huge storm hurled it to the middle of the rainforest or about 50 feet out, as Henry said. But that is like, how? That's that's very intense. What it says here, the uh, head of the... I am going to absolutely butcher this, but the head of the Brazilian conservation group, Bicho Diagua, sounds like slippery bitch, was, um, this is inappropriate. And she said that they think, Renata Amin, we imagine it was floating and the tide took it into the mangrove. The question is, what was a humpback whale doing in the month of February on the northern coast of Brazil? It is unusual. What if an alien was out there Scope in the oceans sucks up this big old humpback whale. They're like, let's try to you know figure out how to milk this thing or whatever they do. Yeah, exactly. They see the size, sweet, of it, sweet hot whale milk, and they see the size of it, and they're like, we can't fit this beautiful creature into our spacecraft. Better let it go, and then they just dropped it somewhere. What well, is we the, already saw this on Skinwalker Ranch with the possibility of these cows being tr- essentially like lifted and then dropped into various areas. Maybe it is the same type of thing that they didn't have the proper equipment and they just fucking dropped it. Who fucking knows? Maybe this thing committed suicide. You think so? I mean, it's boring out there. I guess so. Yes. Uh, it's bad. I mean, just floating around? I mean, I guess so. There's also a lot of food to eat. You never know what's going on in the ocean. It seems really stressful, honestly. Yes. Because you it's got- very difficult. You're just constantly on the fucking ball. Yeah, you got to be. You, you've got human poachers, and then you got all these animals. As I live the life of a large person, a large entity, I know what the little ones do. Hey, you want to fight? You want to fight? You think you could take me? I think I could take you. It's like, I'm not even challenging you. And now you have a baby <laughs> whale just being like, I'm a baby whale, just chilling out, having a good baby time. And then all of a sudden someone's like, you think you're a big Check guy? Him. And I'm like, and the whale's like, I'm 11 months old. And then this, and then this little fish is like, I'll take you. And you're like, maybe you can. I, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. Was this you as a boy? Is that what you're saying? Yes. You're saying this is a, as a boy, you were walking around essentially like a beached whale, but, a, <laughs> but, but more, you were upright. And yeah. you were playing basketball. You were doing things for yeah. people like me coming up being like, you ain't that big. You ain't that big, big man. What are you going to do? You kill me and my family? Yeah, yep. you go to jail for it. <laughs> I got the law on my side, big man. It's not good. So uh, uh, so they're collecting as much information as they can by the identified marks and wounds on its body to see if it was caught in a net or hit by a boat. Damn. So anyway. Do you haven't been watching True Detective, right? No, I haven't seen this new season. What's going on? There's just a scene in at work, uh, Stephen Dorff. Ooh. Steven Dorff is a tiny dude. He's great in it. I didn't know Dorff was in it. No, not from the golfing videos. No, I know Steven Dorff. I know it's not Dorff on golf. That was an incredibly... What was the name of that actor? Uh, uh, that was the uh, oh, my my favorite. My, one of my inspirations, it is... Oh, my God. He's one of the most classic comedians in the he history. He's one of my inspirations. It is Tim, Tim Conway. Conway. All right. He's the best, man. But no, uh, Steven Dorff... Is a tiny dude, and he's got kind of a fucking attitude problem. And in the middle of this episode, he does this thing where he just goes up to this huge biker. And he's a tiny guy. He's probably my size. And he goes to this huge biker, and he's like, yeah, I always wondered who um, who made all the fucking 
monsters and shitheads in this world, and I guess it must be you and your fat old lady over there oh pointing my. to this woman, which is also an awful role for this poor woman, where he had to be like, who's that fucking walrus you're dating? Where it's like, and her whole job is just to sit and look ashamed, oh. which is very, very sad. But then Stephen Dorr fights the whole fucking bar. Does he and win? he just... No, Good. no, they fucking beat him to death. But I do. Uh, they don't beat him to death. They don't beat him. To, they didn't beat the shit out of him. But I uh, can understand the rage. No, of course you're nonstop full of rage. Um, so anyway, there's a there is a whale in the middle of the Brazilian rainforest. No idea where it got there. Maybe it was a storm. Maybe it was aliens. Maybe it was skinwalkers. We just don't know. And that's the we fun don't thing. know. That's the fun thing about stories like this that have mystery. As soon as scientists are like. We don't know. Every single person is like, I have a theory. I'll bet that the humpback whale was doing skydiving. <laughs> You're like, yeah, get out of here, buddy. Get the fuck away from me. I'm a reporter. Yes. All right. So speaking of true detectives, I have to get an update. We, Henry and I haven't discussed this yet, but of course we are still on uh, Cargate. Uh, Henry's yeah. car was scratched a couple of weeks ago when I was in Los Angeles with him. And Henry has been scoping out the parking lot ever since, trying to find the culprit. Any updates on uh, who may have crashed into your car? Um, I have found out since that the cameras in the parking lot are for show. <laughs> um, they um, don't actually record anything because I went to ask for some footage to what? try to go back at it. And they're like, no, we have the cameras, but we don't actually shoot anything. It's just like they're just to, to scare people. What? It's um, like Wayne's like, World. Work. It's like yes. Wayne's World in the video shoot. He's like, there's no film in this camera, but it's yes. real. Like he's right. It's real. Um, I mean, I haven't stopped looking for it. I imagine by now maybe it went into the – it might have already gone into the shop. My car has since been released from the shop. <laughs> it is just – I mean, the problem is, is that it's not about what happened to me. It's about I can't let something like this happen to somebody else. Right, and right. And somebody has to know yep. that if there, is a, if there is a crime out there that is done within the small radius of area between our home, my home, and the studio – that somebody's going to be out there fighting for them. Right. And that's me, man. I mean, that's me. You have sort of taken on this role of, you know, a four-block radius constable. I wanted to start a neighborhood watch, but the problem is that Natalie still feels like that's going to bring a lot of undue and unnecessary attention upon me in the neighborhood. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah, there's actually some stories. There's one in particular that I don't even care to mention right now that involves someone who was a neighborhood watchman. And, uh, <laughs> it did not really end very well for um, for a certain we, person. So maybe we, we don't maybe have don't the same. That. We don't have the same laws in California that uh, he used to manipulate his situation. Uh, and he's, we don't have the stand your ground laws. We can just. Uh, it's mostly just about. Gang stalking the gang stalkers. Right, yes, or, or just people out there walking their dogs. Yep. But nonetheless, well, I'm happy. Uh, I hope that uh, – I'm happy you found out information about the cameras. It's a little scary. I mean, I I personally don't really care, but uh, it's at the same time like a parking lot. Maybe that is where you want the cameras. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. That is what I'm saying, is I believe that we should be having these cameras. And you should be able to go back, and if you're going to be like me, who's doing the due diligence, mm-hmm. trying to find – these culprits that I get out, and then they look at me like I'm fucking crazy, well. asking for the camera footage. And I was like, well, you got the cameras. Right. So let me see the footage. Right, right. And yeah. I'm not here just trying to figure out which women leave their cars alone at night. I know that's where you could maybe spin it. Well, honestly, that I didn't even think about that, but maybe they're right not to give you any of the footage from the cameras. Um, all right. Just let me sit with me, and we'll go over it with the microfiche. Well, uh... <sighs> yes, indeed. You'll find him. You'll you'll still figure it out. Maybe just put up flyers and stuff like who did it, and then did someone will feel bad. Um, well, just be crying next to my Prius. I think that that makes sense. There's a lot of people crying next to or in their Prius. Uh, that's sort of Man, what, that's I, on brand for the car. I'm unfortunately just looked up some Dorf on golf and watching this shit. Man, he's a fucking genius. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I love Tim Conway. From your grave. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. 
ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family, I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and modern did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and i was like stop talking to my wife she's smoking for you can see it with the blue nile bling she's got on her right now get 50 dollars off your purchase of 500 or more with code last podcast at blue nile.com that's 50 dollars off with code last podcast at blue nile.com blue nile.com One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply.
Rise from your grave. All right. Well, this story, uh, I guess speaking of whales, but of a different kind, this story takes place in a place called Wales. Isn't that kind of fun? Um, that is a really good transition. Thank you so much. I am a professional. Man. You technically are. You're good at it. I hear you doing the thing. I sometimes hear you do the thing on the Patreon interviews where you bring back up who we're talking to, what we're talking to about. And then I was listening to the radio the other day, and I heard them do that, and I was like, well, Kissel can absorb. Yeah. No, that's all I do is absorb. I just don't absorb all of... You're lucky I don't absorb 60% of what you say. Otherwise, I would have a much different opinion of you. I choose what things that make me like people. I find the good. Friends, having friendships, it's about cultivating the things you enjoy about a person yes. and just blinder. to the stuff you don't like about yeah, the person. just blinders. Anyway, speaking of whales, okay, I already did that. A man, you already did this. Part. I already did that. So this is the headline. A man with no arms who swam for whales stabbed his dad with a blade held between his toes. Now, why did he do this? Why did he stab <laughs> his own father? I, so a dude with no arms. Uh, his name is Rory. I honestly, I know there's a very great comedian named Rory, but Rory is just one of my least favorite names to say. Rory, because yeah. it sounds like yeah, you just sound like Rory. Rory. I just feel like I sound like Andre the Giant, I'm just like Rory. You do, yeah. you do sound like it. But uh, with when it comes to a Rory, I believe unfortunately it's like you have a lot you have to like fight. Four, like you have you to, f- you have to get past Rory, yes, to mean something in this world. So this dude's name is Rory O'Connor, and uh, after he stabbed him, uh, the dude, the guy's father needed a uh, needed some surgery, and he stabbed him with a makeshift weapon. This is according to a state uh, a statement read to Cardiff Crown Court victim Kevin O'Connor. Said his, uh, who said his main concern was his son's well-being and that the attack would not stop him from supporting his son. Isn't that nice? Matthew Roberts, he's this guy prosecuting, said O'Connor was born with no arms as well as a number of other medical conditions. He played yeah. in an able-bodied football teams and swam competitively. Let me Damn. see why... So on uh, November 3rd last year, the defendant and his da- dad had a row about the blade. That's a, that's a, had a row, which I think means argument. It's a fight. It's a fight. So they had a, they had a fight about the blade. Mr. Roberts said the father picked up a meter-long tube from a vacuum cleaner and prodded <laughs> his son in the chest. O'Connor then struck out with his foot, slashing his dad in the abdomen. Damn! I he mean, did like a one leg fucking slash with the knife. That's incredible. Really, really is incredible. Um, so they've admitted to the fight. In a statement, Kevin O'Connor said his greatest concern again is for his kid. He described the events on November 3rd as regrettable, but said they had given him a greater <laughs> insight into the difficulties his son was experiencing. The dad said he did not want the assault to be the defining negative moment of his son's life, adding he has so much more to offer. I like this dad. I mean, you get almost gutted to death by your kid, and he's like, you know, I kind of get it. I didn't have to poke the guy with the vacuum cleaner hose. So all is good. I just feel like if you had to come over your whole life, you have to get over, you have to overcome being born with no arms in order just to play and you play football right like professionally you're yep. out there you're fucking kicking this ball around it's soccer yep. soccer just. yep yep and so they i could see why you got one of those fucking like can't crush me attitudes sure right you can't fucking fuck with you can't fuck with him you can't just poke him and go not expect you're not gonna fucking set off the beast yeah fucking no arms beast that's fucking guy's crazy kicking him back and forth i mean absolutely and you know every i think a lot of men will uh um sort of agree with this and a lot of women as well specifically sometimes boys and dads they have an, they have like a little power issue and then you have to like you know the, there's always one big argument and i think I've, women have it as well with the moms or whatever there's a whole bunch of with parents did you general. have to actually fight your own father well we did get into one altercation when i was 18 and i said enough of this i am doing what i want to and then, um, yeah, it was it was uh, not not extremely physical or anything, nothing outside the realm of normality. But did you uh, choke your father? I did not. No, he has arthritis. I can't just choke my dad. I'm, did you physically dominate your father? No, I did not. That no, I did not. You didn't fight each other. No, we did not fight each other. No, I. This did is not. a boring story. 
I, am I was just really saying, hoping that no, you not... would like actually have physically fought your Well, mom. no, we didn't set up a ring. I didn't put on boxing gloves. It was just an altercation. You slap him? I don't want to get Will into you grab it. grabbing arms? Why not? You, you started it. I am you just saying. You grab arms? No, I didn't. Did you grab, grab arms and, str- and then struggle and struggle and then kiss? You're leading the witness. I'm just asking. I'm You're... not a lawyer. This is in court. Oh, my God. Nonetheless. I, what I'm, I'm just excited for details, and I know our audience would love to know if you and your father, like, were grappling each other in the street. I don't think anyone wants to even think about that. I of don't course know. they do. They're your fan. What They're I imagining am... a, a bigger you. Like well, a bigger, more b- bent you. At that point, my dad had shrunk down a little bit, so I was towering over him. Well, not towering. He's still 6'5". But I never Eddie- fought my father. We just we literally just didn't consider each other. For quite a while. He didn't understand me because I was an artist. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Even though he told me to use my brain instead of my hands for work, but still he didn't trust it for a very long time. He assumed that I was just some effet elitist. Uh Uh-huh. And I am. But I am not in the way my father was. I am in a way that my father could enjoy. That's and you know what actually happened? Is my father actually finally uh, got um, some form of, I don't know if the term is respect for me, but I came back from college one year and I had a real, it was when I was really deep, my Afrocentric phase. I had a really long beard and I was like, really, like, you know, I looked kind of crazy. And my dad is like, hey, so you've been getting wild in college. And I was just like, yeah, I do, you know, I do what I got to do. He's like, yeah, I knew you were like me. Hey, it's kind of uh, sad in a way, you know, but no, it's good. That's, that's good. Yeah. I mean, your father was just looking for one masculine quality in you, <laughs> and he found it in the way that you like to consume alcohol and perhaps smoke weed. Um, so that's great. But yes, that so everyone nice. has that moment with their folks where they say enough. And then after this, I bet you they're going to, I bet you they're closer than ever. I bet that's sure. what I'm saying. They're closer than, just like you and your dad, closer than ever. Yeah, but I didn't fight them. You know what I mean? And stab no, you, him with anything. Honestly, I mean, the closest I ever got is, I mean, my mom can beat the shit out of me, and she's fucking four foot eleven. Um, yes. We have this next story. Speaking of beating the shit out of things, this is an old story. It's okay. been sent to us by a bunch of people in one go, and I think it's, I mean, I think it came up mainly because of Skinwalker Ranch, but I remember t- thinking about this, but I think this was before a side story, so we didn't cover it. Man desperately trying to sell his alien-infested ranch. Ooh. Now, this is true. This happened October of 2017. This is a man named John Edmonds. Um, he says that his property, which is called Stardust Ranch, located in Buckeye, Arizona, about an Ooh. hour and a half away from Phoenix, uh, which is, they say here, the notorious site of the Phoenix Lights, yes. You know what I mean? It's called the Phoenix Lights. Okay. You can't just say it's not a surprise that the Phoenix Lights happened in Phoenix. Are you putting your snooty tootie cap on? Snooty tootie glasses. <laughs> According to owner John Edmonds, the property had been a hotbed of extraterrestrial activity since he and his wife first moved in 20 years ago. Wow. Creepier still, the previous owners, they didn't seem to move out. They just kind of disappeared, and all their stuff was in the house, which Ooh. sounds like John Edmonds is admitting to murder. Um, <laughs> so John Edmonds, like he is a popular figure in this an alien believers communities on Facebook, and ah. he publicized his purported encounters with extraterrestrials on Facebook on Facebook. Uh, saying that this is the reason why I want to sell my ranch, which is kind of what it comes down to. Kind of we see a little bit more with the Skinwalker Ranch. Kind of you could see the connections with the Gorbans. But he went a little bit farther. Um, he said they actually, levita- they actually levitated my wife out of the bed in the master chamber and carried her into the parking lot and tried to draw her up into the craft. He said, that's why I want to move. Oh, well, he I mean- said in the past 20 years, he's experienced many strange events, including many aliens and claims to have killed more than a dozen extraterrestrials with a sword. Cool. And of course, in the uh, there, there's pictures of the sword. You can see it uh, surrounded by blood, perhaps the blood of Grays. I got to say, man, 20 years, they, they lasted a long time being haunted, hunted and stalked by aliens. But you got to market this. Why not flip this and reverse it? Don't sell it. Keep it. Turn it into a whole extraterrestrial, like kind of a camping situation, maybe an amusement park, and start making some money. Have the aliens work for you unbeknownst to them. As soon as aliens are confronted with the real powers of capitalism, and once they realize that they are now being monetized, they are going to be so shell-shocked to know that all we want is that we need them, and then we don't have to pay them. 
until I mean, they that's start a demanding part of, rights. But you know, the, I mean, and we'll get we'll cross that bridge. But that's what kind of Robert Bigelow, in a way, was sort of in, kind of w- working on with Skinwalker Ranch was a way to figure out how to make money off this. And this is why I don't necessarily believe this guy because. Tom Gorman, the, still the, uh, if you want to look up his name, he is uh, the original owner of Skinwalker Ranch or the second owner of Skinwalker Ranch, and his name is printed elsewhere, so you can look up his real name if you want to. Uh, but we are respecting the witness. But John Edmonds says that he has collected samples from the aliens on his farm. He says, um, he said this weird liquid that he says that it's pure hemoglobin, um, which is, I don't know what he's talking about. I only heard that um, word on The Simpsons. Hemoglobin. 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 And then he said he's got a scar from an alien attack, and he shows this weird picture of his, like, old man calf. Yeah. Which is this. For, and then he said he found this this stone with an asshole in it. He said it was, it's reminiscent of the portals he keeps seeing on the part of, on the on the ranch was very similar to skinwalker ranch um and now he's selling this ranch for five million dollars and i believe it has been sold i believe that it has it was also on ghost adventures of course there on the travel channel this is what he has to say he's like it's not something for a traditional family regarding selling of the house it's not something for a traditional family but it holds a lot of secrets and what i believe are future opportunities to un- understand forces that are in the universe please be very well grounded because the energy here has the tendency to manifest itself with whatever is going on with you so stay well grounded and again whoever bought it flip it reverse it sell it it's and and and, uh, not sell it but uh sell uh day passes to go hang out at Stardust Ranch. But this is truly where I have my differences, right? Where the Skinwalker Ranch, they, it did seem to be he used the the media to try to help sell his ranch. Yes. But I view with that is that I, with, with Tom Gorman, I view it as he came from a place of desperation. He was upside down inside of this fucking ranch. He was completely house poor. He was trying to figure a way to, to move it. He didn't know what to do. He was experiencing all these things, but he was very reticent to be on camera. To me, that, that, spills a lot that to me of the idea of like he wasn't trying to be up front he wasn't posting on fucking facebook alien groups he legitimately well, was just trying to get off this farm and eventually robert bigelow showed up and took the property off his hands but to be fair he didn't have any social media then he didn't but it's still the same you could still go to the newspaper because he had those articles of the deseret times like he had right. the, like he had a little bit of notoriety but the, the just the little touch of it was so um unpleasant that he decided to not want to be involved with it from then on. Not bother with it. All right, Stardust Ranch, five million bucks. Uh, pretty cool stuff, man. Pretty cool stuff indeed. But you're right. That's maybe, pretty cool. Maybe he's uh, marketing it too much, and uh, perhaps that leads to some speculation that he ain't telling the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been fucking two years. Yep. So I feel like now, if he hasn't figured it out, I don't know what to say. We haven't heard very much from him since. No. So uh, we have another story here really quick regarding this took place outside of an NFL stadium. Man dies after porta potty goes up in flames outside is of NFL How stadium. is this fucking possible? Well, you what know- kind of Mr. Bean scenario does this <laughs> come from? Now, an investigation is underway on how this dude died in a porta potty fire outside M&T Bank Stadium. This is in Baltimore. Firefighters responded to this fire. Uh, the the fi- fire found in three portable toilets, one of which had been occupied, engulfed in flames. A security guard told fire crews <laughs> that a burning man could be seen running away from the toilets. The victims, oh whose name has been released, was pronounced dead at the scene. The cause of the fire is under investigation. So this. Quite frankly, the reason I don't know if this was a this must have been, you know, when you're a kid, like lighting a fire, like lighting a porta potty on fire. If I've never done it, no, but but I, the kids have done it. Kids sure, are, yeah, kids do a lot of horrible shit. But I mean, you know, you gotta, there's a lot of people, you, you could tell how many kids have killed other kids. Well, quite how many a kids few. have killed adults. Some, not that many, but some. I mean, but you got to knock on the door, you got to say anyone in there, because next thing you know, now you're just committing an act of murder as opposed to the more. You know, innocent act of just lighting a porta potty up a blaze. I mean, if you're I if you're did. a 13 year old and you see a porta potty and it's not on fire, and then you think about like what if it was on fire? Uh, what if I set it on fire? Yeah, I exactly. Understand. Oh, this is a fun idea. Yeah. Oh, I I would like to hope that kids could get other hobbies. 
besides setting things on fire. Because what do we know about people who set things on fire is that that's one of the big indicators that you will, in fact, turn into a serial killer. I mean, Firestarter, that she just turned into, uh, you know, Never Been Kissed. Drew Barrymore in Firestarter. She it's a tur- fiction film yeah, but based off a book. It's all turned, fiction. She turned out great. She's um, fine. Yeah, she's Drew doing- Barrymore is fine. You know, and she's sober, but she still owns a fucking weed farm, which I think is interesting. Making money on top of money. Nothing wrong with that. That's all we do. But, you know, that's the thing. When we were kids, my favorite prank of all time, and I don't even know if I can say it because technically it is felonious, but we took mailboxes from a full street a full street of mailboxes, and we moved every mailbox one house down, and then we <laughs> took the last asshole. house, and we swung it all the way back to the first house. Oh and that's God, funny because then you wake up, and you're shit. like, that's not our mailbox, but it's no. just confusing no. enough to no. make you think that you're in a simulation. I could just see them watching you all do it. Because this is like what Marcus was describing with the ranchers moving the poles. Oh, yeah. That you guys gave yourself ranch work just to fuck with people, and you are, I could just see, looking out the window and seeing you going, shh. Stop it! They won't gonna see us. They can't see us. You sound you. like and that. Wa- just watching you do, you guys all like, oh, like tripping over, knocking over trash cans, being like, stop it! Funny is fucking nuts. It was a Scott very so fucking funny. And they're all <laughs> staring at you, watching, being like, get the gun, Martha. Being like, no, let the big one go. He's got a lot to live for. You can see. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it was. I mean, it's just funny to think about. Like, that's not quite my mailbox. My neighbor. Anyway, that was my favorite. What if joke. they are legitimately waiting for like this health insurance premium to come through? No, it's or, still like, just like, right big there. Deal. It's just a colossal. Pay. Anyway, I just thought <laughs> it was pretty harmless, um, and I thought that was very creative. But a lot of kids, you know, you're bored out there. You're in the middle of Baltimore. You don't know what to do. And I mean, I just feel bad for this guy who was in the porta potty. All of a sudden, it starts uh, on fire. Ah, it must have gone up ah, really fast. He's just already in a porta potty. And he died in there? He's dead, Henry. Fuck. It's God, sad because he ran <laughs> out of the porta potty and he's like, I'm ah, on fire. I just went in there to do whatever I had to do. This was outside of a football game? Outside of a football stadium. I don't think there was a game going on. Um, but. Oh, maybe that was the guy who started all the fires. I have no idea what happened. It just seems very strange to me. You walk into a porta potty and then you come out on fire and then you end up dying. And like, what is life? You what say is- strange. I say absolutely horrible. Talking about just literally the pointlessness of it all. I know that's how it feels. It's just the, the deep, deep pointlessness of it all. Why well, go? We trying to? You're already hovering over this fucking thing because I don't put my full asshole. On the, the no, toilet not in a potty, lids, no. yeah, in a porta potty now. So you're hovering already. It starts, it's, it's fire goes up, and you're like, oh, you tip forward, you slosh all the shit all over your oh. feet, and then you're on fire. That is, hor- you know, it's one of those things where technically, if that is the way you go, Elvis Presley died on the toilet. That might just be a, a rumor. I don't know, but it is not a rumor. He did die in the toilet. He really did do that. He but did. So that he would- did. That would be not that horrible because it's kind of fun. You get to do the – I mean, the last thing you do is sort of flush your system. So it's a proper place to be, actually, for paramedics. They'd probably prefer if people died on toilets. Makes their cleanup a lot easier. But if you're in a porta potty man, you really move you, – you, you, you miss out on the comforts of what that activity can bring. Also, just not also just being in your home. Like you need to right. die in your home. When you die in the toilet, when it's a lot of that, it's kind of in, in, indicates that you have died peacefully and not just. It sounds like he's an unfortunate set of circumstances that he's out there late at night at a porta potty, not in his home, right. and getting set on fire. Honestly, could be, could be. All right, so be careful out there, and if you smell fire, just get get out, get out. No, of it. this is not the lesson I would take from this. It's don't set people on fucking fire. No, I that's know. the lesson. Yeah, but no one who does that is like, oh, that's right. Those two boys on that podcast were telling me not to do this. If they were going to do it, they're going to do it. Just maybe. All it takes is our fucking voices. Maybe. Maybe that's what it takes. Maybe. You know what I mean? And they're finally just like, wow, you're. they are right. Those two sage warriors. Right. Of yep. the voice. All right. Well, then this is, it's time for Hero of the Week, which we do sometimes. Uh, 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 it's a Hero of the Week. That's great. Brought to you by Atari, evidently. <laughs> I don't know how to write songs. <laughs> no, you know, how do people think in songs? Um, you know what I mean? There are some I have people no idea that how to answer go, that. What do you mean? How do you people... went? 
if you went to a, a real musician, like a composer, and you said, hey, man, can you write me a song about what it's like to have a hot dog for the first time in two years? Yeah, but- I'm certain they'd like write a song that's like, damn it. They would figure out how to actually put that emotion into music, and I don't think like that, so I don't understand it. I mean, like, Wayne Brady could do it. I mean, Wayne Brady's very talented. He's a sleeper. He's a talented, very, he's low-key, very, very talented. All right. It's the hero of the week. Not ashamed. Assman. <laughs> Assman says his name shouldn't be rejected for a personalized license plate. It's fucking Kramer again. It really is. So this takes place in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan. 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 <laughs> this dude, his name is David Assman. A-S-S-M-A-N. <laughs> He's of Melville, Saskatchewan. Uh, he says he's been rejected to... He says his request to allow him to have a vanity license plate that says Assman, A-S-S-S-M-A-N, is, uh, he says he's been denied, denied, denied again, because they say it's an unacceptable slogan. But he says, it's my last name, I've always had it. He says it comes from his German roots, and it's pronounced Osman. And he said, I'm not ashamed of it, and there's nothing bad about it. In 1995, the name sparked its own uh, Asmania craze when late-night talk show host David Letterman found and interviewed a Saskatchewan gas station worker and manager by the name of Dick Asman. Or Osman. Uh, Osman. He knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. He knows what he's doing. He, know, he knows he's pushing these buttons. I mean, I'm, I, that's why he's the hero of the week, though. Hero of the week. That Osman is a distant relative of Dave who said the family has other Osman relatives sprinkled throughout uh, his grandfather's legacy. For Osman, the name is important because it's, it's the one he shares with his great-grandfather, who he learned of was a well-off farmer from Newdorf. So that's great. Farmers would come in the early 30s and they borrowed money from him, he said. Instead of him foreclosing on their land, he just either forgave it or let them pay when they could. Oh, what a nice man. That's why, why, you know, if you want to trust a guy, you got to trust an ass man. Absolutely. So now his appeal has been, his rejection, the ass man rejection has been upheld. This is according to uh, this the officials. They say that it's offensive, suggestive, and not in good taste. This is what he says. Even if a word is someone's name and pronounced, this is according to the man. Oh, the, 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 the man. This is according to the fucking fuzz that they're going to tell you what it's not, what it's good, and what is wrong to be somebody's name in Saskatchewan. That's the way it works, Saskatchewan. That's his name. Even if a word is someone's name, this is the official statement. Even if a word is someone's name and pronounced differently than the offensive version that's not something that would be apparent to other motorists who will see the plate the personalized license plate review committee made up of made up of employees will review if people appeal a decision but McMurky as some random dude said the committee has upheld the decision to reject Osman and I'm just that gonna say sir is unfortunate it's Osman it's Osman not it's Osman. Osman and that's his name so Dave Osman you are the hero of the week and I hope you can teach these people that your name means something wonderful because his great-grandfather he didn't foreclose on homes Henry no no he, he said, didn't but who yeah because he was a fuck but and think about what he had to go through living his life with the name ass man. Exactly. You know what I mean? He lived his life. He has taken so long to like come to terms with the fact that his name is fucking ass man. Yep. I know for a fa- I know his grandfather was a nice man, but you know he also had to fucking deal with it. And that's what it comes down to. I think with a name like ass man, you gotta either number one, kill people like all the time so oh people my. are afraid of you like you have to be like name's John Assman and if they giggle you gotta like grab your like assistant next to you and fucking put a knife to his eyeball being like I'll fucking blind my employee if you make fun of my name sure like you have to well, do that be or you have to be a pushover yeah yeah no I mean there's definitely like his so- grandfather was there's definitely something a little uh, boy named Sue about it you know, it's not easy to go through that name. A lot of people have, you know, kind of interesting last names that might have, uh, might be a double entendre. And yeah, sure. This man deserves the right to have his last name on the vanity plate. He he's got, you know, the, the people. It's like, why is the government telling him his last name is offensive? It's his last name. 
is Lipolo. my last name. That's my fucking last name. That's what I said. It's like if my fucking my fucking last name was Zabrowska cunt. And yeah. I wanted my name to be, and I was on a fucking television show, and they were like, oh, Henry, uh, we think we might want to maybe look at your name, being like, my name is Henry Zabrowska Cunt. I am from the, a long line of the Staten Island Zabrowska Cunts, where we worked in the shovel industry, and now I'm here as a fucking fantastic actor. Right, absolutely. And they'd have to, they'd bow down eventually. Yes. Of course, that name couldn't fit on a vanity plate, but that's all right. Uh, I would just shorten it to, to just uh, the just, just that, yeah. <laughs> of course you would. Now, that might not work because that's, that's not actually name. the last name. No, but no, that you're is not, my name. You're, no, that's a, that's a shortened version of your name. Yeah, then how many people are calling me the cunt walking around? Well, uh, probably for different reasons, maybe based on your personality in general. Well, but, if, you're, if you're in the UK, it's kind of a fun little jibey thing. It's actually nice. Oh, no. No, I know that. That's different colloquialisms. And we have to remember that, folks. Just because, you know, <laughs> different colloquialisms. It is important to remember. Every I word. actually do want to, I want to read this one letter. All right. Before we get out of here. Um, it's, a, and it's from Joe, and I, I just want to say, it just haunted me, this letter, so I want to read about it. During a recent episode, Henry made a statement about how cool it would be to be locked up in a mental hospital for a while. LOL. I can absolutely 100% tell you that it is very not cool. Uh huh. When I was 16, I was tricked into a 72-hour observation period that turned into months inside of a mental ward. Oh. It was 1996, and I hope things have changed inside mental wards, but most likely not. It was easily the most surreal experience of my life. If go surreal, then these are the people you really don't want haunting you. The constant screams at night continue to affect me. People were constantly trying to commit suicide. Oh. Some would sit and rock themselves for comfort. It was not an easy place to be. With that said, I love your show. And if you ever want to know more about what it's like inside, I'd be more than happy to tell you. Absolutely. So thank you. No, so thank it's important you. to learn. No, of course, and I don't think you really wanted to go to a mental institution. I'm... No, I want to go to a fucking rehab clinic in Maui. You, well, yes, by the way, that's Passages. Passages, passages. in Malibu. Yeah, someone emailed passages. us. They know someone who works at one. And evidently, they're very nice, just extremely, extremely expensive. they got to be. because It's very expensive because that's where all the fancy people go, and that's how you go to forget that you're there because you are terrifying, quote-unquote, to your family. Right, of course. Nice vacation. Um, all right, but it's good. If you need it, I mean, and you can afford it, then take it. Um, God bless. God bless. That's what I say every day. Hands to to God. Hands to Uh, God. um, All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's Side Stories. Keep on supporting all the shows. You probably heard some ads for some last podcast network shows. Uh, As you were listening to this, check those out. Um, we got a lot of fun stuff uh, for you to listen to. It it, it should be the only thing you listen to. I don't know. Or listen to other stuff, too. Um, You fuckers. I am in Atlanta this weekend, March 1st and 2nd. Come see me. Do be, be fucking Wayne Brady for you. Yeah, you're doing a live show, right? A live yeah, improv? Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm doing improv. And then I'm doing a show on Sunday uh, at the Satellite Theater in Los Angeles with uh, Josh Fadum. Uh, and it's going to be fun. And Nick Kroll is on it. Whoa. I have nothing prepared. And uh, it should be interesting, and I should be nice and hungover for it. Perfect. Well, that'll so be the best. So I think it's going to be great. I think people are really going to like it. Absolutely. Keep on supporting all the shows. Top Hat's been real hot lately. Travis and I yeah. are blabbing. It's hot stuff, hot content. Hot Always stuff. got stuff to talk about uh, when it comes to the political world of madness. And, of course, all the other shows. You love them. You know them. Okay. you seen the fucking shows. You've seen the shows. Hate. Live. Live every day. Because uh-huh. if you skip one day of living, you die. Isn't that yeah. weird? Absolutely. Love, it's the one thing you gotta love, do all the time. Yeah. Love every day. All right. If you got nobody, if you're one of those fucking street urchins who does nobody there to find you when you die in your apartment, love your mailman. Sure. And I mean, and laugh, 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 laugh like you're listening to jokes inside of headphones that are inside your brain that nobody else can hear. Absolutely. And if somebody asks you, hey, what are you laughing at? You say, none of your fucking business. Well, it would be nice if they could spread the word if it does happen to be a, pro- a program from the network or something. That joke's for me! That's okay, well, say. you can feel free to share. Uh, you know, just don't <laughs> worry about that. Um, all right, everyone. Oh, yeah, that Travel Channel show. I don't know when it's on, but uh, you can check that out. It's really fun. It's, <laughs> apparently, um, You are a valuable I, member of their street team. No, it's really good. Apparently, um, one of the clips, someone sh- uh, shot me an email and, uh, email, and apparently it was the lights from the Oneida Casino. 
And then they're like, what is it? And I'm like, I think that's a UFO. I think it's a UFO. uh, Of course, I should have known it was the lights of a casino because oftentimes I'm drawn to them like a bug to a bug light. But that's a whole other thing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And you know what? Never forget, in these hard times, hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. Hail me. And this week, I mean next week, we're going to have a double side swords coming up. So you're going to get some more uh, fucking... Marcus coming your way. Yes, so. next week. And of course, this week, we're going to be finishing off Skin Waka Ranch. And this, I think this is going to be a pretty crazy episode, right? Well, this is going to be a lot more, it's going to be a little bit more complicated. We're going to be doing, obviously, we're going to be talking about some fun scientists involved ghost stories, but also we're going to be following a little bit of the money behind Robert Bigelow. And I'll tell you what, it's fucking complicated. Follow the money anytime there's a Bigelow around. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Love you, bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.